Thanksgiving came, Thanksgiving went, it's over, it's over. We hope y'all got treated well. We know there were a lot of different places out there were feeding lots of food and lots of stuff going on. And so, but it came and it went. And so you know what that means, right? It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. And so, um, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas per se, um, because it's really just a season of going into debt for some people. And then for other people, it's kind of a rough season because the holidays tend to bring up a lot of negative thoughts. There's a lot of people that are grieving. Um, there's a lot of people that are sad. I think you guys, you know, some of you are away from family and, um, you know, the holidays just don't always ring true for a lot of people. But there's one part about Christmas that I love, that I love, that I love, that I love. Um, and of course, being a pastor, you, you're gonna know what I'm gonna say, right? It's, it's the reason for the season. It's why we celebrate Christmas and that's the birth of Jesus, right? And so I'm gonna share with you what my favorite verse is of, of the season. And then I'm gonna go on and I'm gonna tell you just how God's been working in that particular verse in my head these last couple of days, right? So the verse comes out of Matthew 1.23, but it's quoted from the book of Isaiah, right? And it says, and there will be a virgin and she will conceive and have a son and they shall call him Emmanuel. And that means God with us, right? Emmanuel means God with us. Right, and so if you, know, if you know your Bible and you know the Gospels and you know Jesus was born as a baby, grew to a man, and indeed he was God in, in the shape of man to walk the earth as man, to be with us, to die, to be resurrected, and then to impart upon us the gift of the Holy Spirit which lives and dwells inside of us, which empowers us to pursue righteousness with the hopes and the expectancy of if we claim that salvation, that as bad as things might get, in this, in this stage of life, we know that the expectancy is an eternity in heaven with our Father, right? So that's the whole gospel in a nutshell, right? And so that, that's, that's the easy part about it, right? And so, so as Christians, we believe that as long as we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, then that, that's our way to heaven. And then the rest of our time, you know, until that day is the pursuit of holiness, not necessarily being holy. God doesn't ask us to be perfect, only Jesus was that. But he does ask us to try to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be, to be the us that God created us to be, right? But then there's, there's a problem with that, right? What, anybody want to tell me what the problem with that is? Anybody want to tell me? Anybody? Nope. Thank you. It's so easy. Such an easy answer, right? Sin. Sin is a problem. We all do it. We know it. We're a hot mess on a cold day. That's what it is. It's, a, it's, all, it's about sin. And sin is the separation that keeps us from God. And so you would think that the sin is the hardest part about this relationship with God. It's not. The hardest part of our relationship with God is our human selves. The part of us that chooses to worship ourselves and the things that we want more than worshiping and believing that there's a God above who has a better way and a better plan and better desires for us than even that we can conjure up for ourselves. And then the problem with that exists in religion. I'm not talking about faith, I'm talking about religion because religion is distorted. And if you live in America, which we all do, and you read the news, which some of you do, and you look around and you see the things of this world, you recognize that religion is a mess. And religion has actually become the biggest enemy of God 
than the devil himself. Because religion is so distorted, it's so multifaceted, it has so many sides and so many different ranges and so many different things of it. You got people who you believe are Christian leaders that are distorting God's word and they got their own agenda and these guys are crooks and they're thieves and they're rapists and they're all these kinds of things. And you're just like, why would I believe in a God when the people that represent God are such a mess? But the reality of that is that's never changed. So when you read the Bible and you look through the Old Testament, you go, oh man, people were always jacked up. People were always doing stupid stuff. Religious leaders were always a mess. Look at the Pharisees. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at the people of Israel. Look at the nation of Israel. Look at what all of those kings did through first and second the kings. It's always been messed up. And the problem is, as humans, what we always do is we we blame the creator for creation. Basically meaning we blame God for man. When we know that man will always fail you, but God never will. But it doesn't stop us from blaming uh, God himself, right? So that's one aspect of it. And then the second part of it is that we're so ready to receive the love of Jesus, but we can't handle the punishment that we deserve and the wrath of God and so ultimately our biggest problem is is that we will accept the love of Jesus without understanding what fear and reverence and awe of God actually means and you only understand that when you read through the Old Testament so I'm flipping through the book of Exodus I wasn't flipping through it I was reading a chapter on purpose I was reading Exodus 19 for a study and in, in, in Exodus 19, what happens is the nation of Israel, they're, they're freed from Egypt, right? Moses goes into Egypt. You guys know this if you've ever seen the cartoon or whatever, right? Or, or you actually read the Bible and you know this story, right? Then you know that, that Moses was standing at a fire and God said, go free the people of, of, of Israel from Egypt. And he was like, nah, God, let somebody else do it. And he was like, no, I chose you. You go do it. So he went and did it, right? There's a whole big thing, you know, all the plagues and all that kind of stuff happened. And he frees the nation of Israel from Egypt and then carries them back out. And on that same mountain where he spoke to God is where God speaks to him again and speaks to the nation of Israel and says, Hey, if you love me, I love you. If you follow my laws and you believe that I have the perfect life for you, everything's going to be all right, even when it doesn't look like it. And the whole nation of Israel said, we do. And then they turned around and they started messing up all over again, right? But in that time, God says to Moses, tell the nation of Israel to prepare themselves for me to come. I'm coming in three days and there's a bunch of stuff that I want you to do. I want them to clean their clothes. I want them to clean their bodies. I don't want anybody having sex. I want everybody clean and I want them pure and I want them perfect for when I descend on my people in a cloud and I come to speak to them, that's the condition I want them to be in, right? And they did it. You know why? Because they were terrified of God and terrified of his presence because they knew God's coming down. If we look at him, we're gonna die, right? So there's all this fear that was wrapped around the obedience of the nation of Israel, right? Now fast forward about 800 years Jesus comes to earth, some people love him, some people hate him, some people think he's straight crazy, 
right? But he speaks truth. You got people that can take that truth and they can own it and they claimed it and they believe that everything that God said was true and everything that God did, he meant it and it was on purpose and that this Jesus was indeed the son of God and only through him were they gonna be saved and they believed it, right? But then you had the other people that wanted to kill him. So, you know, the prophecy had to be fulfilled and that's what happened. They hated him, they strung him up, they killed him, but in three days, he rose again, right? Now here's the part that I want you guys to understand. Jesus didn't raise and come back to people in thunder, in clouds, and fear, and lightning, and a booming voice. No, you know what he did? He showed up with two guys that were walking down a road. This is Luke 24 I'm talking about right now. These two guys are walking down the road going, man, did you hear what happened to that guy, Jesus? Nah, man, tell me what happened. How could you not know? Man, they beat that dude up, they spit on him, they sold his clothes, they stabbed him, they killed him. And then, you know, the scripture said that he was gonna rise again, but then, but then he did it. And then Jesus walks up to him and goes, hey man, what you guys talking about? This is true, this is Luke 24, I'm telling you, this is what happened, right? And the guys are like, what do you mean you don't know, you don't know what just happened back in Jerusalem? It's like seven miles away. How do you not know? The word is all over the place, man. They killed this guy. He was Jesus. He was the son of God. At least that's what he said. And now he's gone. And now nobody knows how to act. All the apostles are hiding. Everybody's afraid. And Jesus says, well, I'm him. And these two guys, they can't believe it. And you know what Jesus does? He sits down and he eats with them. And he hangs out with them. You know what that was about right there? That was about love. That was about relationship. That's about saying I am who I said I was and I'm doing what I said I was going to do. And I didn't come back just for that. I came back for you. He came back for you, he came back for you, he came back for you and he came back for me and he came back for everybody behind me. You know, and, and, and the thing is now you fast forward another 2000 years to right now and not a whole lot has changed. There's people who believe that and there's people who don't believe it. There's people that are all in, and there's people that are half in, half out. But to understand the love that it took to die for each and every one of us is a whole lot greater than the fear of God. Because we all know you get punished that fades, but love is forever. And so it took both. It took the fear of God and the love of Jesus to have us where we are right now. And then the blessing of that is the Holy Spirit that resides inside each and every one of us that gives us the strength to be exactly who it is that God created us to be. And so I told you all of that to just tell you this, tis the season, tis the season. Not for the lights, not for the trees, not for the glitter and the glam, not to go into debt, not to buy stuff. It's to understand that God sent his son as a man, not just to die so that we could live to forever, but to live in order to show us how to live. 
And if we don't have Christmas, we don't have any of that. And if we don't have that understanding, if we can't grasp that little, little bit in that whole story that I told you, then we're not living to the capacity that we're supposed to be living right now. And I'm not talking about circumstances, okay? I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about the power that you have to influence others, to draw them closer to God by how you look shine and how you reflect him in your life, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of your hardships, regardless of the sin of this world that's trying to distract you from that one single solitary purpose, Christmas is a reminder that we can start as babies, brand new, every single day, empowered by the Holy Spirit to be God-like because we're created in His image which means there's so many attributes of Him that we have in us and sometimes we need to just get rid of all the nastiness that's trying to dull that shine so brothers and sisters it's Christmas Shine bright. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. All right, man. Thank you all so much for listening to me ramble on a little bit. I'm going to pray, and we're going to get this food underway. Sounds good? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much. Um, I thank you for this season. Um, like I said, it's good and bad and everything, but Lord, if we, if we can strip away all of the nonsense and get to the core of what this season is for, then it just ultimately leads us back to you. Um, it leads us to the greatest gift uh, we could ever receive and that's your son Jesus because without him Lord there would be no forgiveness Lord without him no grace no grace to start another day brand new Lord no mercy no love Lord and we thank you so much for the way Jesus loves us uh, because of that we get to learn how to love others Lord so we we thank you for this time that we have together Lord we pray for a peaceful night uh, we pray that everybody's fed and they're fed well but we hope most of all, Lord, that your word will have nourished our brothers and sisters' souls as this food will their bodies. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. And my brothers and sisters say, amen, amen and amen. Well, thank you all so very, very much. All right. We're not putting food on a plate. This podcast is recorded live and uncut at our Homeless Food Share events. To learn more about Straight Street, visit our website at straightst.org.